This episode of Market Foolery is brought to you by Molecule, the world's first molecular air purifier that reduces symptoms for allergy and asthma sufferers. For $75 off your first order, visit molekule.com and enter the discount code FOOL. It's Tuesday, August 28th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Matt Greer, and joining me in studio, we have Motley Fool analysts Andy Cross and Jason Moser. Gentlemen, welcome. Hey, Matt. Hi, fellas. How you feeling? Good. Well, we're going to talk some retail. And some retailers feeling good, some retailers feeling, yeah, not so good. We're going to talk some DSW shoes. That's not something you hear me talking about every day. Andy, we've never talked shoes. Is that a fair statement? That's a fair statement, Mac. Okay. Okay. Well, we're also going to talk some BJ's Wholesale and some Best Buy. But let's begin with Tiffany, the jewelry retailer, flat out getting it done. Jason, better than expected earnings on some strong same store sales growth. The stock up slightly. What's the headline here? I think the headline is, I helped this cause because my wife's birthday, I got her a Tiffany bracelet. And that was, we talked about this last quarter, my purchase was after that recorded quarter. So, I think this is the quarter where the Moser effect came into play. Nice. Dude, same as the cross effect, too, for (laughs) my anniversary. Is that true? What what, would you buy, Jamie? Uh, Just a little pendant. When is the last time I bought my wife some jewelry? You had to guess. (laughs) And I'll give you a hint. We've been married 13 years. 13 years. Yes. Oh, wow. And then Man. before that, I think the last time it was like a, I bought a mood ring in like fifth grade. <laughs> well, I'm sure okay. That mood ring is but back to the earnings. Are they sell, selling red, mood right? rings at Tiffany? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't be scared to ask her what she wants. Okay. Because I, I will be very clear. The first thing I bought, I used my own judgment and intuition, and, and then we promptly returned it and got her what she really wanted. <laughs> okay. But it, as long as she but gets you what still, she wants. You still get the credit. Okay, so back to the earnings. So, yeah. if I'm wearing my mood ring, <laughs> what what am I feeling when I look at these earnings? I, well, I think this is the this is the climate where Tiffany needs to be making its hay, right? I mean, consumer confidence is higher uh, than, than really ever before. I mean, that, that's the highest number recorded since October 2000. So, they need to be making their hay in these types of, of economic climates. And they're doing just that. Um, excluding currency effects, grew the top line 11%. Comps were up 7%. And really, it's the Asia-Pacific region that is that is outperforming all. But with that said, all geographic regions are performing very well. Uh, they raised earnings guidance again just from last quarter. Uh, they're going to ramp up some spending on the back half of the year to restructure some stores. Uh, they're going to go in there and redesign the New York City flagship store. Uh, so, I think what they do very well over long stretches of time, they've demonstrated the the ability to protect that brand. They don't resort to fire sales. They don't resort to really sales or, or anything like that. Uh, and, and so, what it does, it creates this aspirational brand that consumers will pay up for. That helps them maintain that margin line. Helps them maintain sort of that exclusive brand. Uh, we talk a lot about affordable luxury. Tiffany is real. Luxury, and they've done a good job protecting that. And that's a great point, Jason. Gross margin was 64% versus 62.5%. So they're making more money in what they're selling. The gross margin dollars numbers were up 15%. Um, and across all the lines, Max, so the jewelry collection, the engagement, the engagement jewelry, and the designer jewelry rose 18%. 8% and 5% respectively on those numbers. So, really, they're seeing it across the board, all regions. It's also not just tourism, which is a big driver of Tiffany sales, but also they talked about how their local consumers are buying more of Tiffany products. Okay, so what about the stock? You know, this, this is a tricky stock because 
it's the type of retail brand that, over long periods of time, has demonstrated some pretty good resilience. But I think it's one you have to be very picky with. You want to buy this stock in times of macroeconomic concerns, when this is a stock that's kind of down with all of the others out there. Because typically, again, as I said, they protect that brand very well, even when economic conditions are tough. They don't resort to pulling levers for those fire sales and generating more traffic. They just they take the good with the bad, and they sort of wait out those periods of tough time. So for me personally. I would rather wait for this stock to get hammered on general macro concerns before buying it. Now, that said, when that does happen, because it will again, uh, this is a stock I think worth having at the, at the top of your list if you're looking for some good retail exposure. I think it's a three bagger over 10 years that beats the market. So it's really proven itself to be not just a brand, but also a stock that can last through time. Well, guys, let's keep the retail theme going. Let's talk some Best Buy earnings. Shares down around 7% at the time of our taping. Some of the numbers that jumped out, slowing online sales growth and some concerns over the third quarter profit forecast. Andy, how should I feel about Best Buy? I think this is actually a very good story. I mean, the stock's up 20% this year, so I think there's a lot of good expectations put into Best Buy. They are making a lot of investments into what they're calling their Best Buy 2020 strategies. That's making investments into the stores of the way that the people are shopping and the experience. So they're buying, they're spending more and more resources on their experiences, so how people are shopping both in their store, but also into things like their in-home advisor business. So, they're making these investments. That's showing up a little bit on the gross margin side. So, as they make these investments, Mac, I think sometimes some analysts and investors may be thinking that it's going to hurt a little bit of the profitability. So, But the fact that the stock's done so well, I think there was some steam today that was let out of the stock price. Um, and that's why it's showing a little bit of a hit today. But really, the investments they're making are long-term investments that I think are actually going to be good for shareholders. Yeah, I think today's sell-off notwithstanding, it's important to step back and recognize how wrong I think collectively we all were in this studio just a few years back in, in calling Really, kind of an early time of death uh, for, for Best Buy in the face of it was very challenged at the time. Uh, Amazon was coming on strong. We saw this e-commerce climate sort of taking shape, and Best Buy was slow to react. But new leadership uh, in Huber Jolie yep. has done a very good job, I think, in in taking this company in a bit of a different direction, catering uh, to consumers in that e-commerce environment, and clearly the business itself is is continuing to thrive. So, you mentioned Amazon just then, Jason. And yeah, I was one of those skeptics a few years ago with Best Buy. I thought it was essentially just you know on its last leg. And the stores, at least in my experience, the in-store experience has gotten a lot nicer. It has. When, when I've been in, in there recently. But a few years ago, when we talked Best Buy, we always talked Amazon and that concept of showrooming, where you'd go into Best Buy, and then you'd compare prices on your phone on Amazon. Is that still a big issue for Best Buy, or do you think they found ways around that? I think it's something at least worth being concerned about. Now, with that said, uh, it's also worth noting that Amazon and Best Buy are partnering up, right? I mean, they've got a new line of TVs. I yeah, think smart they're TV. pushing out with the Alexa operating system. That's right, right Jason. A yeah. smart a smart TV that now that you can buy in both at the Amazon marketplace as well as Best Buy. So, I mean, getting back to the, the the services side that they are really trying to push, they're basically focusing areas in selling hardware tech service and what they're calling managed service. So I mentioned in-home advisors. They have 300 advisors now that will go into your house, Mac, and help you with your technology setup. They're going to push that to more than 400 by the end of this year. They're also offering what they're calling total tech support, which is a 
$200 per year annual membership that will help you solve all of your tech needs. So if your computer gets a virus or you need to set up around your different systems online, your Wi-Fi, whatever it may be, total tech support. So as they spend more and more on both the hardware and the software and the services side, I think that's really the growth uh, opportunity for, for, for Best Buy. We saw the $800 million acquisition of Great Call, which provides the connected health services and emergency services for elder consumers. They have 900,000 paying subscribers, that business, um, generating $300 million in annual revenue. So Best Buy is really making the investments into these services that's going to complement the tech offerings and the product offerings they have in the store. And I noticed that you did not say Amazon. So that's I'm going to take that as a good sign. Yeah, I think so. Okay, guys. Well, before we talk about our next story, I want to give a quick thanks to Molecule. Molecule is the world's first molecular air purifier that reduces symptoms for allergy and asthma sufferers. Molecule has introduced a breakthrough science that is finally capable of destroying air pollutants at a molecular level. Molecule makes a real difference for asthma and allergy sufferers, helping them better cope with their conditions. And Molecule significantly reduces their symptoms. In fact, guys, one customer has reportedly said that after using Molecule in her home, that she was, quote, able to breathe through her nose for the first time in 15 years. That is a big thing. And we have some very satisfied Molecule colleague users around here, don't we? Yeah, apparently one with some sticky fingers, right? Oh, that's right. Our very own Chris Hill was was so enamored with Molecule, (laughs) um, the Molecule um, at the office, that he took it home. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's he, he. At least he admitted to it. You know, he copped to it. So. Oh, yeah, there I, you go. I think. I think breathing. I'm going long breathing. So I, I support that. Always go long breathing, and always go long molecule because molecule is easy to use and has a clean and sleek design. For seventy five dollars off your first order, visit m o l e k u l e dot com and enter the word fool. That's m o l e k u l e dot com and use the promo code fool. We got a house full of three dogs. I think I'm gonna have to give that thing a shot. There you go. <laughs> well, guys, let's move on. Um, keep the retail theme going here. We've got BJ's Wholesale reporting better than expected earnings. And Andy, I got all excited reading that report, and the stock was down a little. And BJ's, this is a confusing company because it was public and then it went private, and now this earnings report is the first report of the new. BJ's wholesale public company. What gives? Yeah, private equity took it private in 2011, and they kind of reconfigured it and spun it back out to the public markets uh, this year. And the stock's been up a little bit since it came public. But basically, the story there is their their membership fee was up about 10%, and um, their comp sales, ex-gasoline uh, prices, was up about 2%. And the guidance is about the same thing. I mean, like, you know, Mac, this is a, it's a retail story that has a membership fee. They really try to compare Compete against the Costco's and the Walmart's of the world, mostly on the East Coast. I think. Um, I mean, I wish them luck, but the environment that they operate in now is far different than what they did in 2011. It's tough. You know that I love me some Costco, <laughs> Jason. We were talking before the show. You have have been a member of BJ's Wholesale. Tell me about BJ's. Well, yeah, back uh, in our, what mid 2000s, we when we were in uh, Georgia, in Noonan, Georgia, there was a BJ's Wholesale there, and we, and we frequented there as, as we were going overseas to get diapers and formula in in bulk. And and I mean, it is very much a Costco like experience, and I think that's fine. I think we've been very 
maybe not critical of Costco, but at least we're questioning Costco's ability to grow at this point, given this new sort of e-commerce world and how things are are changing. Um, With BJ's, you know, Mac, I try to be an optimist. I like looking at things from a glass half full perspective. But with BJ's, I I, I have to be glass half empty. It goes very. It goes back to the the IPO that they just that they just uh, pulled off here. All of the money that was raised from that IPO went to pay down debt. That essentially was debt saddled on that balance sheet from their time with you know Leonard Green. Yeah, so they have one point nine billion dollars of debt and only thirty million dollars of cash. Who who gets hurt in all of that maneuvering? Is that a victimless crime, or who gets hurt when you have a company like that that was public and then goes private and then goes public again? I mean, I think the people who get hurt most are perhaps investors today looking at this story as, hey, maybe a second chance. It's this great opportunity for for BJ's to get out there and capture this market that clearly exists. When really, I mean, you look at a company, when they go public, I mean, you like to see them raise that money for growth. In order for BJ's to compete in this space, they're going to need to grow their store base. Their store base is like a third the size of Costco. Well, in order to grow that store base, they're going to need a lot of money to do it. And that IPO could have raised them a lot of money in order to do that, uh, but they're not going to get that money because that money all went to paying down debt. So now BJ's has to rely on its own success to essentially generate cash to, to basically self fund and grow. And if they can't do that, then they're going to have to rely either on taking out more debt or issuing more shares. And in either case, shareholders probably get hurt along the way. And what's the what's the reason or what's the rationale for joining a BJ's versus a Costco? Or at the end of the day, is their best hope just to be in places where Costco isn't? Well, I think generally speaking, it would be trying to be in an area where Costco is not. The problem is Costco is in a lot of places already. Again, their store base is about three times the size of BJ's. So, trying to find those markets where Costco doesn't exist yet, while also proving that to be a lucrative market opportunity, uh, that's 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 a difficult uh, that's a difficult walk to make there. So, I, I wish him luck. I don't know that I would uh, want to be owning the stock at any point in time. And you know the other problem, Costco is awesome. Well, I don't know that BJ's is known for what the dollar fifty hot dog or no, it's no Jim Senegal in their history. No, no. I mean I try no to Craig you know Shelnick. I try to be middle of the road on this, and I have never gone to a BJ's wholesale. You don't they, even try to be middle of the road. Let's I'm not honest. middle of the road. I'm just I'm just I don't know how are you going to get me if if I've got the option of going to Costco. There's got to be some compelling reason. I'm not going to be a member of both. Well, and I think you you raise a good point there in that Costco has a very loyal base already, right? I mean, the people that I know who are members of Costco really like being members of Costco. They're loyal, just like just like Amazon Prime members. I mean, Amazon's done a very good job of growing a loyal subscriber base over time. Netflix has done the same thing. Costco has done the same thing. Yeah. It's not to say BJ's can't do it, but that hurdle is really high to clear, and they have to do that if they want to maintain any kind of market share in this space. Otherwise, I mean, this is already a razor thin margin game as it is. Yeah. So and and with Costco, honestly, I get my membership fee back every year in free samples alone. If you said (laughs) you could not buy anything at Costco, you cannot buy anything for the coming year, but you get the free samples, I would still be a member. I mean, that's a key for BJ's. Is that a sickness? No, it's not a sickness. It's just it's It's a cry for It's a Mac. It's the Mac Greer that we all know and love. I mean, you know, for BJ's, it's really going to come down to that. That membership growth has to continue to that the income has to continue to grow um, because they're competing against in, in a space that is just so competitive and. 
all it's all, that's all margin profits for shareholders. So if they want to see any of that growth, it's got to come on the membership line. And the other thing is, you think about Boxed. Boxed.com exists today that didn't exist back when these guys yep. went private. I mean, now you've got warehouse style business that's just online, and you don't even need the membership fee to, to buy from Boxed. And Boxed actually uses Costco as a supplier in some right. cases. So there, there's a good example of synergies, right? Two companies in the same space working together. I feel like BJ's is just kind of left out in the cold. Okay, guys. Well, as we wrap up, I'm going to I'm going to take this vow because I want to take a walk on the wild side in in my later years. I will vow in the next one to two years to go into a BJ's wholesale. No, you won't. Yes, I will. But no, I, not, I don't I'm want I don't want any you. footage. I don't want I don't know no paparazzi. But I'm going to do it because I need to keep an open mind. I'm not doubting it's, you're making the vow. I'm doubting that you actually follow through. I'm gonna, with you the can vow. drive me there. <laughs> hold you accountable for that, man. Okay. Well, um, let's let's close it out with another retailer that I know next to nothing about. I'm going to confess here. DSW, I know that it involves shoes. It's a shoe retailer, and the stock is up big today. And Andy, when I was doing research here, the first phrase I saw was blowout earnings. Jason, what do you think of those earnings? Well, it's a nice time to be a value-focused retailer, right? And if you focus on shoes in particular, I mean, DSW obviously did something right over the quarter, and they also raised guidance. I feel like this is that Talladega Nights. You know that Ricky Bobby line? <laughs> if you're not first, you're last. Yeah. If you ain't first, you're last. I feel like if you ain't raising guidance, you're lowering guidance. All right, this is the type. This is the environment for for value retailers, and certainly DSW. Uh, I think recognized a strong spring season. Uh, they they are witnessing, I think, strength in back to school, a big focus on kids' shoes with the business. But really, what's interesting about this business is they have a rewards program, a loyalty program. We talked about loyalty with Costco and, and uh, Amazon. And, and DSW apparently has a pretty loyal base as well, with 25 million rewards members to date that are responsible for 90% of overall sales. So ultimately, what they've done. They they made some acquisitions back in 2014 to build up the Canadian side of the business. They're streamlining that operation, cutting bait on some underperformers, and trying to leverage the supply chain so that their Canadian business and North American business or U.S. business are all uh, on the same page. And that, I think, is resulting in the market's reaction today, because they're able to up earnings guidance a little bit. Now, with all of that said, I mean, this is just kind of your run-of-the-mill shoe store at the end of the day. I don't know that I'm getting very excited about it. Full-year guidance right now has the stock pegged at about 20 times earnings. And to me, again, you might want to consider buying a retailer like this in times of macroeconomic concerns. Right now, I think the rising tide is lifting all boats. DSW is no exception there, but it does not have a history of really outperforming the market. And so, Great quarter, good news for him. I don't know that it changes my opinion on the stock. I mean, the stock's back basically to break even where it was three years ago, and that's all really pretty much due to the thirty percent jump it's seen so far this year. So um, historically, not not a great performer. Very competitive marketplace to play into. Obviously, um, some things are going well. Anytime you're open upping guidance, um, investors are going to react positive to that, and we're seeing that today. And guys, Jason, you said you didn't get very excited about DSW, and I'm curious, do you get very excited about shoes in general? If both of you guys, just thinking footwear, 
How would you evaluate your, your, your shoes? I basically try to go shopping maybe once or twice a year. I do it all online. So for me, Zappos is where it begins and ends. Now, with that gotta, said, then you got to send them back when they don't fit. <laughs> well, no, I'm a pretty standard 10. So I mean, okay, it's pretty easy okay. for me to order shoes. Yep. I get it. And do you have a go to? Or you, uh, like... you know, I just I like, I like the boots that I have. Okay. And then I get some flops for the summer, right? Okay, and my wife just bought me a new pair of, uh, of polo slides. And then, you know, polo throw a... slides. Yeah, I know. That's, well, wrong, that that's, that's wrong gross talk. TJ Max. Right. I mean, we're talking about we're talking about affordable slides there, and then you know, I mean, a, a pair a pair of tennis shoes to get through the summer as well. But uh, you know, we all all three have kids here. I mean, really, by all accounts, we should be DSW customers. Yet, I don't think I've ever set foot in one, and I'm not sure yeah. that my wife is ordering anything for our kids from there either. Andy? Yeah, no, not for me. I haven't gone shoe shopping, and gosh, it's been years now. It's not that I don't have but you wear shoes. shoes. Yeah. I do wear shoes, and, and that's because uh, my wife has has purchased a couple of shoes for me when she sees mine full of holes um, that need to be replaced. But but generally, the the idea of of going um, into a shoe specific place to buy um, some shoes is just you don't a, love a nightmare to me. I, I bought some Crocs, my first pair of Crocs, like three years ago, and the stock. I bought the stock around the same time, and the stock has been just a champ. The stock is up like 200-something percent, and I love my Crocs, and now I've, I've taken it up a notch. I've shared this on the podcast before, but I wear my Crocs with socks to oh, the grocery God. store. Mac. That's that where that's where that it's, it's kind of really it's kind of a test of, yeah. of, of, our, of our marriage because I, you know, I would not blame my wife yeah. if she looked at me and said, you know what, I didn't sign up for this. Yeah. You're taking advantage of those AARP benefits yet, <laughs> I have not joined. God, but I tell you, I get so much literature. Yeah, the clock is ticking. Oh, the clock is ticking. You know, the one I'm really interested in trying out with shoes when I actually do it is with Stitch Fix. I want to see if Stitch Fix Interesting. can yeah. actually get shoes right, because that's tricky. This is the online um, company that you enter in a whole bunch of data points, and they send you the membership box of clothes for you. I want to see if they get shoes right, because that's, I think, a very tricky thing to get right. Yeah, I don't like the whole mail order thing. I did just get a great pair of running shoes, and I ran once, and I pulled a hamstring or one of those strings that you have when you're over 50, and and so now I just wear them at my desk, and they're so incredibly comfortable, and what I realize is I love running shoes because I love the idea that at any point in the day, I could go running. It's more aspirational. Yes, aspirational. Well, and with kids, I mean, you're going to have to go catch them at some point. So that's right. That's right. Chances so, of running are. They are the Ma- most Ma- comfortable sitting at my desk Ma- shoes. Max not catching any no, kids. No, without, like, no. pulling something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, guys, thanks for joining me. Thanks. As always, people in the show may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Austin Morgan. I'm Matt Greer. Thanks for listening, and we will see you tomorrow.